What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the main stand. It is one of your hosts, Patrick. I'm here today joined by just Josh. Uh, yep. Mitch is getting his wisdom teeth out. So it's just us two today. You just have to deal with me and Josh. How's it going, buddy? How you doing over there? Not too bad. It's been a busy week, just like with the whole the whole vlog thing, everything, getting social posts up and, and whatnot. I have a couple quick shout outs at the beginning of the ep. Uh, thanks to everyone who listened to the vlog, watched the vlog most popular video on the page right now so appreciate everyone going and listening to that you know 50 views might not be a lot to some other podcasts but that's a pretty big pretty big number for us so we appreciate all that support hell yeah huge milestone halfway to 100 baby thank you guys and then uh next thing this came in the mail i just got back to minnesota today we mentioned this a few uh, months ago uh the women's soccer club in minnesota that was like crowdfunded yeah, uh, just got my scarf in the mail. Minnesota Aurora. Ooh, that's a good scarf. Yes, very nice scarf. They're gonna be playing uh, in a town called Viking Lakes, which is actually the the Minnesota Vikings practice facility. That's and fucking badass. The venue Sorry. allows tailgating, which is fucking awesome. That shit is so sick. So I had to give them a quick shout out just to you know to show that we rep women's soccer uh it's a vibe and that it's a fucking awesome they were crowdfunded so well they've been announcing players and stuff this week i just think that's so cool uh but yeah and uh also today minnesota united tickets went on sale to stay in line with the minnesota theme uh cop two tickets i'm going to the opening night against nashville uh on the fifth of next month so just a couple weeks away oh fuck yeah and april 23rd i'm gonna see uh them play chicago fire which we'll talk in a little bit about why that's interesting we'll see you in june motherfucker (laughs) and then my last shout out just piece of housekeeping here uh to you know a good listener good friend of the program uh cam manchester united fan i have to whip out the pin i just got you're not gonna be able to see it very good maybe i'll post a story of it later um, we got a nice little Manchester United Liverpool pin of the famous 5-0 defeat with all the scorers on it. So I had to flash that one for the camera real quick. Bunch of treats on the pod. We Good really content. love it. Uh, we, can t- we can tuck into the meat of the episode here. So just a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, we'll touch on the, the first one, the, the, the single transfer, I think, that we really wanted to talk about here uh, today. Shakiri was announced as a Chicago Fire player. Um, what do you think of it? I... It reminds me a lot of the Schweinsteiger transfer in I'm going to forget that Shakiri played there in three years, much like I yeah. forgot that Schweinsteiger played there. They really had the, the Schweinsteiger um, stock up on the, the social pages today. Uh, they had him like announcing or talking to Shakiri about the move and everything on social. I just thought it was funny because like he had no impact on that club whatsoever. Yeah, played like 80, I think he played eighty games. He was there for like two and a half years. He uh, played that many games for them. Yeah, or eight, he made eighty appearances. Probably. Still, that's I, I know there was would have expected. Like was barely playing, but I, I probably a lot of stuff came, coming off the bench. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, from the, he was there from seventeen to nineteen. Like you think about it, the MLS is a they did to play 38 games plus like intercon intercontinental or not intercontinental uh the CONCACAF Champions yeah. League the whatever the equivalent of the FA Cup is in America name is escaping me but that one you can make 80 appearances in two years that's quite a bit though for a, a European guy I wonder how many appearances Blaze Matuidi has made for Inter Miami because I feel like it's a lot less someone on the, someone out there tell us how many Blaze Matuidi and if you're an Inter Miami fan why <laughs> that's a very good question honestly i i love that i mean i love shakiri i thought he was a a real good playmaker at liverpool i enjoyed the time he was there he kind of got put in the jurgen dungeon i think in the last couple like year and a half uh interesting fact though it seems like shakiri had like this world about of output because i think his goals were really memorable he obviously had the two that kind of led to jose's sacking at man united and he had a couple against everton that were memorable Yup. Taki Minamino has more Liverpool goals than, than Jordan Shakiri. No shit. That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that insane? I, think, I heard that the other day and I was like, no fucking way. Because like I you think just he, think Shakiri has this like worldly impact. And he did. 
but he just didn't have much goals. I, I think if you look at Shakiri's career backwards, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, like, especially now, it's like he, he, like, you know, started his career in America and went on to like break into Europe and play for all of these clubs and win the Champions League. And then, like, career dwindles down and he, he, you know, he goes and plays for Stoke City and then wherever he started. But, like, when you awesome. look at it in actuality, it's like, it's just insane to me, man. That, yeah, that's crazy. He's got like two or three Champions Leagues. I could be wrong about this. I believe him and Salah actually played together at Basel as well as Liverpool. Back uh, before he was right. at Stoke. You're probably um, right. That's insane. He's had a he's had a crazy career. I mean, yeah, two Champions League titles. He has a rocket of a left foot. Cool uh, pedigree coming to the MLS. I'll be excited to try and see him. Yeah, that, and that's the whole reason I picked that Chicago Fire game. I mean, that ha- it, I know that game specifically against Minnesota United. It's on ESPN. It's like an afternoon Saturday game. It's going to be a big one, but. I don't think it's quite like Lorenzo and Senia. I think that one is just like a new level signing, but where mm-hmm. he's an attacker, how many goals do you think he'll get his first year? I don't know. I say I think like that... 14. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I'll say 14. Um, there is actually another MLS transfer that I neglected to put um, on the, the thing, but I think is cool to talk about um apparently dc united are trying to sign carlos tevez dude there was rumors minnesota was going after him and they like squash those they're going after some other guy but yeah supposedly he wants to move to the mls i love carlos tevez so i hope he comes to the mls it would be it would be very cool i the mls is like they're not necessarily gaining the best players. They're gaining a very like eclectic group of players that are turning like the fans that are really big European fans into like supporting MLS teams because like right. past player played. You know yeah, I, mean? I I don't think it helps the the league's reputation of being a retirement league, but I think it is cool that these guys are are choosing to like finish their careers here. Um, but yeah, that's about it there. Uh, the only other thing is a bit of a funny uh, news story, and then we'll tuck into some legitimate football, some games that were played. Um, so Jack Grealish, Riyad Mahrez, and Kyle Walker have come under a bit of um, the microscope of the media because they went out, they had dinner, and uh, Greasy was fucking hammered. Yeah. And all over social media. Um Jack so I, just seems like a good time, man. Awesome. I bet he would be so much fucking fun to hang around. He seems like a really genuinely nice guy, too. Um, I, also, I don't think there's a thought in his head, but that's a totally different story. I don't know why Mares got brought in, because Mares doesn't drink, does he? He was. I, he might. He was there, at least. Okay. It's I think it's because they were out on the town. Him, Walker, and Mares were yeah. out. Was I mean, the, the other two, it's one thing. Grealish was absolutely shit-faced. He was that. hammered, dude. Um, Lollipop so, in mouth fully, just getting bounced from the entrance of the club. Holy, it was a good video. I guess apparently the reason they were asked to leave was because of just some, like, mis- or like a misconception with the owners of the place. Like, something about uh, either, like, a like a reservation or, like, yeah. where they were sitting. And then you add in a shit-faced Jack Grealish and two, you know, three fucking very famous footballers and it's just kind of a recipe for a lot um do you have any real opinions on that before i just like give my quick two cents on any footballer in the world going out and having a good time uh it's a tough one i think if you would have asked me a couple years ago i probably would have said you know smarten up uh i think it now it seems like a new movement to like just let athletes like live their own life and that as fans sometimes we can be a little bit obsessive about like what they do in their spare time when it's like Diogo Jota can fucking play weekend league for 10 hours on the weekend and like it doesn't take away from the time he's practicing or like getting better as a player and the same goes for partying having a good time like especially after a win right uh, a pretty solid win but that's like my my whole thing with it is let these guys live their lives like i get it maybe it's one thing if like 
everyone is doing fucking terrible and the team is in abysmal form. Like, yeah, Grealish probably hasn't lived up to his $100 million price tag this year. Absolutely. I'm a City fan. I get it. Um, But, you know, let the guy live his life. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about him doing it. He, It's not like he is getting, you know, an obsessed amount of fines from the club for his partying or he's, like, causing a problem in public. He's fucking a little older than me and he's drunk in public i'm drunk in public every weekend <laughs> i don't care personally I, he's out having fun he's not breaking the law um i've I could... never really had to deal with it because like i think a lot of liverpool like leaders in the dressing room i mean i guess firmino firmino got a dui a couple years ago um but some of like liverpool's best players are like teetotal where they don't like they drink but they don't really drink you know what i mean like yeah. Henderson and Millie both like don't really drink alcohol. Salah, Mane obviously don't. Nabby. So you have like a big portion of Liverpool's dressing room. It's not even like that vibe. Uh, so I never really had to like deal with it or think about it that way. Like how I would react in that situation. I think if it's a loss, that's different. The right. one that I was more intrigued of that I think ties into this argument even more is Leicester City after getting pumped by Nottingham. And we don't know. We need to fact check on this because – I read some things that this video was from New Year's Eve. I saw a lot of other stuff saying it wasn't. Um, Hamza Chowdhury and Danny Ward just also, like, shit-faced partying. Danny Ward with a bill in his nose in this video. So you can only presume what's going on. And uh, in that situation, if that was after they lost, I get both of them didn't play. Or Danny Ward didn't play. I think Chowdhury did. Maybe came off the bench. Uh, situations where that happens. I think after a loss, you have to be a little bit quiet. Um, and, you know, that video, go, I think, got out from Ward's girlfriend. But it's just not a very good look. And that one was the other yeah. one that was kind of trending this past weekend. I think that one is definitely like a, like a figure-it-out situation. Um, yeah. But at the same time... I'm not going to be the one to like really criticize him because at the end of the day, I'm still pretty firmly in the camp of like, let the guys live their lives. If that's how they want to blow off steam after a tough loss, that's how they're going to blow off steam after a tough loss. Uh, It it looks bad, obviously. And maybe it's not like the most professional or the most like ambitious, you know, it looks bad as a footballer and as a professional, but at the same time, like that's, ultimately what they wanted to do and if that's where their ambitions line up with being okay with getting fucked up after getting piped by nottingham forest then they're gonna get fucked up after they get piped by nottingham forest most of those guys in that video are not like 19 or 20 like yeah we're not gonna change their ways uh you know so i think most of the people mad about it are probably like younger kids on twitter who don't really understand no ex-players mad because people forget in the 90s and early 2000s drinking culture was was english football like that's how teams were like after games they all went out as teams like that was whole thing of like playing in the premier league so you don't see any ex-players condemning it i think you see fans who like live normal lives condemning it because they expect more people who are paid you know millions and millions of dollars yeah it's probably a fair thing to expect from these professional athletes but exactly speaking of blowing off steam uh i think dakar and the whole country of senegal got to blow off quite a bit of steam this weekend uh winning their first ever afcon obviously their manager uh i'm not the biggest fan of him because he's had words with klopp but he was the one that missed the penalty i believe in 2002 and then gets to win it as manager of senegal good story Mane sinks the winning pen over egypt you have any takeaways from that one uh i'm just like happy for senegal man i just to, to see the the images and the videos that are coming out of that country just like so happy to yep. have won that trophy like man that's like honestly what the sport's all about and i think that certain fans um and certain people should look at like look at themselves in the mirror and like really see how happy winning this trophy made the entire country of senegal and like start to take all international competition seriously um yeah it's like a select group of people out there that for whatever reason decide to undermine this this tournament specifically and 
I think that's insane because like, look what that meant to the country. Um, and it's just as big as winning the Euros for them. And I, I think it should be thought of that way for the most part. And it's pretty tough to watch it over here. You know, you get it in, in bits and pieces. So you yeah. watch it where you can. Um, Mitch just happened to watch the final by clicking I in the right. the final as well. Yeah, on BN Sports. Uh, so it's, it's tough for us to be able to watch it, but I think it, it's a – important to recognize how important of an achievement that is yeah um so, so and on top the- of people who disrespect it being sports has to be called out too they play commercials during the game yeah insanity i, yeah. I mean if if sala would have scored a goal during one of those commercials i would have had it on twitter uh yeah where does this senegal team rank and you know if you don't want to answer this because you know you can't think of you know examples off the top of your head I can think of a couple. Um, where do they rank on paper in terms of like best African teams of all time? Because they have some absolute stars on that team. The only team that I can really think of that I followed pretty heavily in AFCON was I want to say 2013 that I the Ivory Coast team that won it yeah. when Yaya Torre was captain. It was 13, 2013 to 2014 maybe. Um, that team was insane. That that after that Ivory Coast winning. AFCON team with the you know Bonnie Yaya Torre I think Gervinho played there still was Drogba Hol- still there I, I don't think it was Drogba okay it was when Torre was captain of the Ivory Coast um in his like the peak of the peak of his years at Man City yeah in that like 2013 to like 2016 three-year stretch that team was incredible yeah I, I there must be a Ghana team too that was I, I can't, like, think of names off the top of my head, but there must be a Ghana team in the past, like, 20 years that was pretty loaded as well. Uh, when you look at the Senegal team, though, Sadio Mane, I mean, from front to back, they're just Rolls Royces. You have Mendy in goal, yep. uh, Koulibaly in defense, yep. Koyate in um, the midfield. You obviously have Mane. I know I'm missing names as well because, like, their whole lineup was stacked. Yeah, it's really, really, really good footballers, you know, top to bottom. So, what do you think I about Sala not getting a pen? What do you think about that whole situation of having your? Do you put your best pen taker last, or do you have him go first? Uh, me personally, if I'm the manager, I want them like third. Yeah, I, I like two or three for your best taker. First is your most confident taker. Two and three are your best. They're the guys that are like you're gonna fucking score a penalty because like. Number one misses, number two can still miss, but three has to hit his penalty. And I feel like that's where you need you need your guy. Like, I don't know. The way I feel about Salah not taking a penalty, if it was his choice, which I have no idea, is kind of how I felt about uh, that when Ronaldo didn't take a penalty in the Euros. The and Euros. Because he wanted to take the last penalty. Um, if you're the best penalty taker on the team, you should take one of the first three penalties. Yeah, I hope that's not what went through his head. I, I hope it was like a coaching decision. Uh, I couldn't see Mo doing that, though. No. I, I'm looking at Senegal's roster right now because I knew I was leaving off a few names. Ahmad Diallo, yep. uh, another one. Uh, I don't, I'm going to butcher the name, but Gawai, the one that used to play for Everton, I believe he's at PSG. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then Ismail Asar as well. Oh shit! Yeah, they are loaded. So they they are stacked with uh, talent, and usually in like international like confederation tournaments, I'm not talking like ignore like England teams like that. You're gonna see a lot of names that you don't necessarily recognize for a team in, in West Africa to look at that team at a relatively like medium sized country, and you know like over half the names. Oh, yeah, half the starting eleven. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's insane. And they're all playing for you know top clubs as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheers to Senegal. That's a very, very impressive accomplishment. I think AFCON, uh, besides like the, some of the refereeing stuff, which easily could have been resolved, uh, yeah. I think it was it's very good. good that, that those early in the tournament, um, you know, controversies that popped up didn't overshadow yeah. anything that happened in the tournament, which is is good. Love you love to see that. Yeah. Um, so that's housekeeping. That's the three big world stories you wanted to touch on. Um, Let's tuck into the review. So we have, if I can count, six games here uh, that we are going to just kind of chat about quickly. Um, first one, Premier League result, Newcastle 3, 
Everton won. I wish Mitch was here because he would be <laughs> yeah. excuse me. So happy. That was to, a bit, that was a not that takes not looking too hot anymore. Um Saint Maximin in that game was unreal. I watched the highlights after didn't watch it live. He controlled that game from start. He was to unplayable. Unplayable. Yeah, and uh, I think he was one of those guys, almost like Vinicius a little bit, and it's different because, like, Real Madrid, Newcastle. Right. Um, but he's a little bit like, I think people are starting to get like, okay, this guy's a little overrated, he just dribbles. Where this year, I feel like people are, like, rating him as an overall player. Yeah, I, I've always thought he was a good player. Um, I think he's better than Newcastle, so I, like, really want yeah. someone to buy him. Uh, but he had a phenomenal game. Um, do they have enough to stay up, do you think, though? Newcastle. Newcastle, I do. Uh, I think they're, Trippier think so? scored a good goal from a free kick, so he kind of showed like why uh, Newcastle bought him. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Wood helps. Uh, we didn't even really get to see much of Bruno. I don't think he came on at all. So I do think Newcastle have a lot. Again, that's an inspired Everton team coming off that manager bounce. You have Delhi. I don't think Van de Beek came in, uh, but Delhi played the majority of the game because he came on for uh, an injured player. I forget who it was. Uh, Newcastle just played really, really well, and it seems like the atmosphere at St. James Park is kind of growing. Uh, yeah. You see something building under Eddie Howe, which is a little bit scary. I think with the games that they have left, I think there's more than enough enough points for them to stay up. We were texting in the group chat. I think the three teams in the bottom now are easily the three worst teams with Burnley, Watford, Norwich. Yeah, I think those are definitely the three that are are going down. I'd like to see Norwich maybe do what they could to try to stay up, but they're so fucking bad, man. They're abysmal. Yeah, they don't have hope. I think Newcastle has at least hope that, hey, we have some good players. St. James Park is always a tough place to go play. Mm -hmm. Uh it's hard to see them going into the back half of the season and being worse than what they were in the first half, you know? Yeah, no, I'd spot on spot on. And speaking um, of bottom of the table, we have Burnley to taking points yeah, off. Yeah, you. yeah, I was, I was about to say, and speaking of dog shit, <laughs> uh, this game fucking sucked. Yeah. It wasn't good. Was it? I'd Burnley are fucking terrible. United can't score. Just awful. That. Uh, I mean, it's just funny, personally. I'm a, I'm a City fan. I'm going to really enjoy just soaking in the misery that Man United are going through right now. Um, but Burnley are getting relegated. So, like, you, I would love to say, like, you know, good point earned for Burnley. But I think at the end of the game, this end of the day, this game doesn't fucking matter. Because Burnley aren't going to stay up. And Man United just – they're going to wallow in nothing this season. So, it, it just felt like a pretty meh game a pretty meh result it's just like meh overall um mcguire's defending on that goal was shocking horrible ever since he put his fingers in his ears against fucking (laughs) who who well what what was it it started with an m didn't it uh small Uh, no it was whatever it doesn't matter that's the point uh, put his fingers in his ears and he scored that goal. Man United have gone through like two managers. United have won like no games and they're in like ninth place. They've been knocked out of the F8. They're bad. They're stinky. Yeah. It's one and, to stay away from if you're betting. Yeah. Just never bet on Man United until they win like at least two <laughs> games in a row. Uh, next game. This one actually took place just a couple hours ago. Villa leads. So fucking game. So sick. This game had fucking everything and had six goals fucking five yellow cards and a red yeah, card yeah red at the end i just want to say a couple months ago i called i i said this jacob ramsey kid's pretty good he has been on fire the past few months so is coutinho on a well, side note a goal and two assists yeah i mean he didn't even start either uh which is crazy it's impact yeah he's loving life back in the premier league man it's good to see him enjoying his football again yeah, I don't know what the – it's hard to, like, pinpoint why he didn't work at Barcelona. If you want to pin that on, you know, the way they played around Messi or, or what have you. But you can tell he is just living – loving uh, life, you know, at Aston Villa right now and the way they're letting him play, the way the other players look at him. Yeah. Uh, he just has that confidence. He hit a curler today that didn't go in. But it was like, holy shit, that like reminds me of like 
Coutinho yeah, at he, Liverpool. It's really good to see him like finding his feet and his form and playing inspired lately, honestly. So the uh, the one you. player that stood out in a bad way for me, and I think for everyone, Tyrone Mings for Aston Villa. I don't know yeah. how that guy's England quality. He just he, makes individual errors that lead to goals. He reminds me of like a, like Joe fucking Hart, dude. Always has an error in him. Yeah. All. It just, he, had, he had a couple today. He's not particularly good. He he like he's really rash when he's defending. I don't. I feel like he doesn't. He like defends on instincts, but his instincts like aren't very good. Yeah. I, I'm surprised they stuck with him. I I can understand a little bit now why they wanted Joe Gomez so bad in the winter. Yeah, they they just need a, like a solid center back back there. I think that's probably going to be, in my opinion, the like their biggest uh, t- try to buy this summer. It's because like, I mean they're going to stay up. They're going to reinforce for Gerard to like really make a team out of them. I wonder how I mean, much more money they'll give Stevie though, because they definitely had one of the best winters in terms of transfer activity. Right. So like how uh, much? Like I mean they signed who? Uh, what's his name from Arsenal? Callum Chambers. They signed Lucas yep. Dina, yep. Coutinho. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys fetched big, big fees though. When you think about it, no. like that club probably isn't in like an obscene amount of debt. They're like a relatively big club still, but despite not being like the best on the pitch, and they sold Grealish for a hundred million dollars. So that's fair. Yeah, I think they still have some money, and then you know you think about they hit the summer and they stay up, they finish mid table, they get that extra money from just like being in the premier league, the deals, the money you get from just existing in the prem. I don't think it's crazy to say that they can go in for like one decent, like solid, like 29 year old center back to just sure up a back line. I'll be interested to see like who they can keep. Yeah. I think they have a few people. um, John McGinn being one. I think John McGinn could flash some radars in terms of like the Liverpools and maybe the Man United's of like him going to a big team. He's a quality midfielder. Yeah. There's probably a couple teams that could use a guy like him too. So yeah, I I would be interested just to see how their winter or their summer, excuse me, shapes up. Um, Another game that I didn't actually see this result coming um moving out of england uh was barcelona beating atletico madrid 4-2 over yeah. the weekend we had the um, madrid uh draw no bet so we were thinking yeah madrid none of us saw that coming. Uh, and barca played really well man um a player i've been a fan of my entire life danny alves uh kind of showing that class is permanent but you know form is temporary kind of thing despite his red card despite his red card Okay, he had a good game. He had a really good game, and then he got sent off. Um, but I'd always been a, a big Danny Alves guy. Really, really big win for Xavi and all of Barcelona. And the last thing I'm going to say, and it pisses me the fuck off to say it, but Traore had a good game. Ugh. Fucking hate it. I don't want him to do well. Uh, I mean, whatever. Fuck, fuck you. I hate him because of what he did to City. But What's the what? news on this Gavi kid? Do you know much about him? The midfielder? The, yeah, he, the young... he, he scored one of the goals, and people were talking about him. Ah, he's just, like, one of the high-rated, like, La Masia youth kids. He's – and they're up there with, like, Pedri and those guys. Um, Interesting. They rate him really, really highly. Pedri's over... probably going to retire in two years based on his use of the <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, gonna play he's a 19-year-old in a 33-year-old's body. He's going to have Gerard knees in like yeah, three fun. years. <laughs> Yeah, Gavi's just he's one of the really high-rated uh, just Spanish kids coming up through the Barcelona youth team right now. Um, I think when it was when uh, when they tried to find sign Ferran Torres from City, we initially yeah. tried to give us Gavi. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's rated really highly. So, Dortmund Leverkusen's the next one. Uh, they got smacked five two. Out of him, Jude had a pretty bad game actually. I, a rare bad game. Yeah, I don't think he's had too many in that yellow and black shirt. Uh, just overall, pretty shitty performance from Dortmund, and they were pretty shambolic at the back. They had like maybe one guy had a good game. It's about Nothing it. Nothing has really changed about Dortmund since Klopp left. We we've had times where we've thought it's been different, but it's been the same. 
It's just yeah. inconsistency. I, I I just get Holland the fuck out of there. Get him to a good team, please. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Saying the matter. Get him the fuck out of there. Yeah, uh, they they got absolutely murdered at home. Killed. Leverkusen looked like the best team from fucking start to finish. Uh, it was tough. It was tough. <laughs> I need to watch more Bundesliga here. We have it on. It's on ESPN Plus. Yeah, so. baby. <laughs> ESPN Plus. <laughs> wake up in the morning i'll be like all right city's not playing today what the fuck am i watching i I have every single streaming service known to man to watch soccer and on saturday morning i will still put it on norwich city crystal palace oh god dude i am not a premier league slave man if there's like not any good premier league on i'm like all right we're going to fucking spain um when i was living down in in portland too uh, i had a roommate named sam if you're listening to this shout out you sam uh, he and I had like a four or five week stretch where we watched uh, the Indian Premier League on ESPN like five. This is funny. Like really early in the morning. Um, and if there was just like no good games on, we would just like toss the, the Indian Premier League on and the, the quality of ball, man. Oh, a couple dude. stories about Indian Premier League. One, I don't know if he still does. Uh, I know last year he did. Robbie Fowler was the manager of one of those teams. I believe like Bengal FC, something like that, uh, which is just a funny visual of Robbie Fowler coaching one of those teams. Second of all, on Twitter, you remember obviously Dan Lovren. Uh, yeah. Somewhat, he was doing like a Q&A and someone said like, what can the ISL do? Because I think it's like Indian Super League is what it's called. Uh, what can it do to like be better and get in front of more people? And he just like quote tweeted it and said, what? Like, I don't, I have no idea what that was. And he got like pretty much canceled for it. I thought that we're, was funny. we're pretty big, uh, Corolla blasters fans in this household. Where do you know where they're from? Then somewhere in India, they have a cool name and they're really fucking bad, but they're good this year. They're at second in the Indian super league this year, but they were not good. <laughs> When I was watching them, I want to get on the Australian A League vibe. I want to watch some Perth Glory and, and Daniel Sturridge. I need to. I'm gonna, I need to. If I'm gonna ever watch them. It's gonna be Melbourne City because they're a part of City Football Group. Ah, I forgot about that. That's interesting, actually. Yeah, City Man City literally own like fucking six teams. <laughs> it's diabolical. Them and and uh, Red Bull is just unreal. Yeah, you'll Man City will make some random fucking signing, and you'll be like, "Who is that?" And then like a day later, they get loaned out to somewhere. You're like, "Oh, it was a City Football Group signing. That's what it was." Yeah, it was probably some board meeting, and John Henry's dumbass was like, "Hey, you know what we do in the MLB at the Red Sox? We have a Triple A team, a Double A team, a Single A team, and it's basically all just like an umbrella." And the the Man City owners were like, "Hey, that's a fucking great idea." I fucked with that, and he was like, "You go to Australia, find me a team. Yeah, I'm gonna go to yeah, yeah. find me a John. Where should I go to get a team in America?" That's too funny. Uh, uh, so, so fucking funny. Yeah. Another obscure league, English uh, Championship side, Nottingham Forest, which are a uh, you know a notably huge club in England. Uh, Absolutely massive. They're the people's fucking champions in the FA Cup this year, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Arsenal and Leicester in the same. And- Leicester now. <laughs> I have then, no idea about like who plays for them at, at all, but it's a good story. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, the only thing I wrote in the notes that I would love to say <laughs> right now is the magic of the FA Cup. Yes, Four sir. fucking one. They comprehensively beat a Premier League side that didn't start dog shit players. Yeah, and also Kit Kidderminster. Uh they are in the fifth tier of English football. Uh, we're actually beating West Ham for the majority of their match. Declan Rice scores one in the 82nd, I think, or the 90th minute, and then in extra time, um, I'm, I forget who for West Ham scored to take the lead and win. Uh, that would have been a, a fifth, a fifth tier team beating West Ham. Crazy. Crazy. I personally would have loved to see it. Um, Declan Rice taking the piss too with that Michael Jackson dance as a celebration. You should not be celebrating against a fifth, a fifth tier side that you're struggling to beat. Pretty uh, fucking funny. Though. Yeah. I am all for taking the fucking piss. So <laughs> I think it's funny. It can- uh, okay. Uh, so that was you know the European roundup. But 
But, but next week, it's back, baby. It's fucking back. My favorite and least favorite knockout tournament in all of football, the Champions League, is back. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's going to play, but I heard it. The Champions. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, so probably the rest of the episode, Josh and I are going to riff about the eight Champions League games that are going on here. Uh, we're just going to go like I, I think I wrote them down in order. So of, I don't know I if you caught this, Pat. I see them in your notes here, and I feel bad that your own notes on it. Some of them are next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First four. Yes. We have here. It's okay. it's Madrid, Sporting, Salzburg, and Inter. Correct. Are the yep. four match and the other four are there. Um Yeah, don't, we'll talk right in. I mean Don't tell him don't tell him guys. I didn't know that. <laughs> I saw those and I was like, damn, Pat didn't Pat didn't see those are next week. Uh PSG Madrid, that's gonna be a class one. Mbappe going to the Bernabeu. Uh yeah, gonna get his first taste of it. Um I think Madrid have the pedig- the pedigree and the players to absolutely win this tie. Uh, they've been in amazing league form. They've been really good in the group stage of the Champions League. Um, I think they will and should advance. Um, that being said, PSG employ uh, these three players named Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. <laughs> Those three players are very capable of just winning games on their own. Um, so it's going to be absolutely absurd. There's going to be a ton of world-class talent on display. Um Josh, what do you think before I give my score? I have score predictions for all of these oh, games. That's, that's incredible. I love the the research that went behind this. Uh, Real Madrid's like huge underdogs for this one. The first leg is in Paris. Um, Real Madrid are at plus 250, so big, big underdogs. Paris are plus 100. Uh, I just don't think Paris are tested enough. No, that's like my biggest thing is I think this this Madrid team still has a the spine a spine of players that won three Champions Leagues in a row. And this PSG team, like I, okay, I love the guy. I fucking love Messi. I would kiss him. He's not having a great season. No. He's just not. Mbappe is carrying PSG right now. Uh, their midfield's dead. They're not, I don't think their midfield is good at all. You see and, Genuine Aldum got left off the Champions League roster. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't think this PSG team is actually that good. I think saying PSG are the favorites are like anytime Man City are favored to win any Champions League game. It's a fucking lie. Don't bet on the oh, – don't bet on them. Just yeah. don't. I don't think that PSG are getting through this tie. I think the first leg is going to be a 1-1 draw just because they're in Paris – be a little bit easier for them at home, I think. But I think they're going to go to the Bernabeu, and then that's really when Madrid's class is going to shine through. Yeah, Madrid. I also uh, didn't kind of think about this. Uh, Ramos, that'll be a big storyline with this one. Yeah, it'll be a, a huge storyline. But I think at the end of the day, it doesn't particularly matter too, too much. Um, no. Vinicius Jr. has been one of the best wingers in the world this year. Uh, Benzema is in the conversation for best striker in the world. Um, Somehow, Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz are still a fucking phenomenal midfield trio. Madrid are going to ride that fucking thing until the wheels fall off of those three. Yeah. Um, I think my pick with this one's actually going to be... Uh, I'll let you give your pick after, Pat, where you already had this pre-researched. Um, I, I'll do the draw, no bet. So, again, this is betting Real Madrid to win. If they draw, you get your money back. So, the only way you lose money here is if Real Madrid lose. Plus 155. So if you put a hundred bucks down, you're getting a hundred and fifty-five back. Uh, I'm saying I'm saying one-one draw. First one, one leg. Draw. That's a good one. one, one draw. I think both teams are going to score, but um, I don't think that Madrid are going to be shaky enough to lose the game. And I just haven't seen enough from PSG this season to say that they're going to confidently beat uh, Madrid. That's fair. What do we next have game? Next? Sporting City. What What are your takes? Sporting on that? City. Yep. Um. I think City are going to win this tie pretty handily. Uh, I think City are fucking hungry in the Champions League this season. Uh, getting that taste of that final last year and then the way that they lost. Um, 
This has been the big one that's evaded this team since the dawn of fucking time. Um, this is a city team that's defensively solid. They have a really good core. They struggle a little bit in front of goal, but they just split teams open. They just break them down. Um, I just don't think Sporting are going to have the quality. Um, 3-0 City in the first leg. 3-0. Wow, that's a big one. That is a very big one. I think they're going to kick it off in style. I think Pep is going to start the absolute strongest available 11 possible. And I just, I don't, I don't think that sporting have the quality um, city are like not the city that fold in big games over this, these past couple of years, you've seen it time and time again, they they're stepping up and they're winning these games they need to win. And I think that's really going to shine through uh, this year in the champions league in particular. Um, my bold prediction is I think city are getting back to the final this year. I don't think they're going to win it. I think they're going to get back to the final. It's just so competitive. I think now more than ever, there's not like a huge standout side, maybe Bayern. Uh, I think I, it, I honestly, I'm I'm going to just sound like the fucking Homer here who's just like, bleed blue, motherfucker. I got my blue tinted glasses on. I think City are absolutely a standout side in the Champions League this year. The, the, so the problem I have with City is that I don't think they're a knockout team, a knockout tournament team. Uh, FA Cup is different because you play half the time you're playing like shit teams, right? Champions I League. I think I think that's the difference between Liverpool and City and how people will remember them. City were uh, the team that throughout a uh, 365 day year they're gonna rarely slip up. Liverpool are the team that can go out and win like a, a two legged tie and make it to the right. final of a tournament and win a big. I league. think Liverpool are built for a 100 meter dash and City yes. are built for. Very much so. I would agree with that. Um, I think this city team is just different. I don't know what they, this, this city team has a feeling about them. They really, really want to win this. And I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it. I think that they're going to go very far in the tournament this year. Um, I, I see them really prioritizing the champions league and really, really showing that like them getting to the final last year was not a fluke. Yeah. I, I actually like the, the first leg. Um, I think Man City will win by two. So that's Man City minus one and a half, minus 115, so not that bad. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll skip one, go right into Liverpool where you just did City. Right. Uh, Liverpool, Inter. This one's an interesting one because Inter is top of Serie A. AC Milan were top of Serie A too. Liverpool handled them quite easily. I think I see Milan having trouble. I'm just looking at the Milan's last few games. They lost um, AC Milan just this past Saturday. They beat Roma yesterday, and they have to play Napoli on Saturday. That's a pretty tough stretch of three games. Whereas Liverpool have Leicester tomorrow. We have Burnley Sunday, and then Inter, obviously, Wednesday. Tell me Burnley isn't a tough fixture. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. It's going to fucking jinx me. Um I just think Inter have a little bit, um, little they bit have, of a hard for them. around this fixture. It is at the San Siro. Liverpool have already been to the San Siro this year, which I think takes a little bit of the nerves out. It is a you know a class stadium. You know, someone might be nervous to go to. I think Liverpool they're fully healthy. Um, you can play Luis Diaz in probably the Leicester or Burnley game. Uh, while Sadio Mane kind of recuperates. So you could have a fresh Sadio Mane with like a week rest. Um, Salah's back and he looks like he's ready to kill somebody after that AFCON loss, which makes me really excited. I think he's just going to go out and ball the next few weeks. And then you have like the likes of Harvey Elliott coming back too that you can mix into the lineup. I just have a hard time seeing Inter defend us. I, I don't really think they have the defense to match up with Liverpool's attack and I, I'm honestly not like. I think Barella's out with this one because he had he had the red card in the group stage or like a yellow card accumulation. He's out for like both games. Mm -hmm. um, Lataro Martinez is kind of like a, a more slender striker. I don't see him dominating either Van Dyke and Matip or Van Dyke and Kanate. They just don't scare me really in any way, and that could be me underestimating Inter Milan. Um, but as of right now. I've been intimidated in years past by some of these like teams we meet in the knockout rounds. Um, I, I'm just not that intimidated by this Inter Milan side. I so 
I don't think you're losing. I think you're, Liverpool are absolutely going to be in the last day of the Champions League. Um, I think you are underestimating their defense just, just a bit. Uh, they've only conceded 19 this year in the Serie A, second best defensive record, and they've scored 54. So they have far and away the best goal difference in the league. Um, unlike that AC Milan side that you beat in the group stages that were like run and gun, uh, they've conceded... Yeah. You know, 26 compared to Inter Milan's 19, and they've scored like eight or nine less goals than them too. Um, Inter really have been the best team in the Serie A this year, where I don't think they're better than Liverpool. I think they are going to make this a pretty difficult tie. Um, I think there's a couple ties in uh, in the round of 16 that have upset potential. I think this game has upset potential, but I don't see it happening. I think if there is an upset, so to speak, it will be inter squeaking by Liverpool if there is going to be one. Um, just because I don't think inter are a bad side. I think they're they they have a really tough fixture around this first leg. Um, but I think if they can manage to keep a clean sheet going into Anfield, um, it's it's anybody's ball game. Um, I'm saying one one draw, and then I think Liverpool finish the job at Anfield. Yo, I also I always reference back to this, um, and I could be excluding FA Cup, EFL Cup stuff, because I think there's one of those in there. Klopp has only lost two two-legged ties at Liverpool in the Champions League. Uh, Real Madrid last year to, a, like, an injury-ravaged team that just had no motivation. And, and the money. Atletico won the year before, which we had Adrian in goal. Everyone knows the story behind that. I In a two-legged tie, I favor Klopp, and that's not saying for this specific game that we will win. I just favor us in general. Uh, yeah. and the money line is plus one ten for Liverpool, so a ton of value in just betting for Liverpool to win. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I, I don't see Liverpool not being in the last eight of the uh, of the group stage. I just yeah. think any game is going to have some space to it. <laughs> it's going to be that one next week. Fair enough. And then we have lastly Salzburg Bayern Munich. This is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I think I think Bayern's gonna fucking kill him. I'm not even I... betting on the spread. I'm gonna bet on just like the total, if I can find it. Um... While Josh does that, uh, I'm just gonna. Sorry, Salzburg, you guys are fucking going home. Um, I think it's gonna be a little, little tough for Bayern to travel and you know be the away team. So I think they're only gonna win two nil, maybe three in the first leg, but I think they're going to murder Salzburg, you know, over two legs in this tie. Um, Bayern Munich just really like to kill these, like, good but, like, not great teams. Like, you remember over the years when they had, like, a fucking 15-to-1 aggregate over Arsenal (laughs) years. Like, they just fucking murder teams. And Thomas Muller is, like, playing out of his mind this season one of the best creative midfielders in the world right now. I think he's number one in chances created across all of Europe for all attacking. Um, Lewandowski is absurd. Uh, I think Sané is in the discussion for best winger in the world right now. Uh, This Bayern team is fucking unreal and they're going to murder Salzburg. So in betting, for those of you who don't know, when a bet is like too predictable, they'll just take it off completely. The lowest you can go on game totals for goals is three which is nuts. So yeah. the lowest thing I can do for goals, um, that's like a half number is over three and a half. So that means there has to be four goals. Uh, and that's plus 110. I'm hammering that. Because I, I think Salzburg might be able to get a goal. Bayern are scoring three or four. So Yeah, they're going to kill him. That's my point. I, mean, I don't see Bayern conceding, personally. I, I just, I don't see it. Uh, maybe I'm fucking wrong. What the fuck ever. I'll be that guy. I'll fucking see it. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, yeah. Well, we can come back to these notes when we have to talk about the other four games because I have them here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can – I don't think there's, like, too too much going on. Like, I know we're kind of backtracking here. In the Prem, Liverpool play Burnley. City play Norwich. Two pretty straightforward games against bottom teams. Leicester play West Ham, which is a little intriguing just because it's, like, the matchup of the shit shows right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, Napoli Inter is definitely one to watch this weekend. 
Yeah, definitely. Porto, Porto Sporting too. That's like one versus two in um, the Portuguese league. Yep. Yeah, that'll be another really good one. PSG has Ren. They're kind of running away with Ligoon though, so that's not worth it. And then Dortmund. Like, we already talked about them. Inconsistent They're, as shit. Yeah, I'm going to say if you're going to watch a game this weekend and, you know, you want to not be a slave to the Premier League, uh, go watch Inter-Napoli on Saturday. That'll be a really good game. Also, that'll, that'll... another one, too, um, Chelsea-Arsenal women. Uh, Friday. Technically not being a Premier League slave, so I'll allow it. But you're in England, so that's you're, you're out in a fine line. That's the actually the one versus two. Arsenal's one right now on 30 points. Chelsea's two on 28. So that that's, should that actually should be, a, be a really good one. That That'll be, be on good. ESPN, I believe. Yeah, no, I, that yeah, that should actually be a pretty good game. Um, so yeah, we got Do some fun. Anything this else, week. Pat? I don't think I actually have anything to say today. I'm trying to make sure we're not re-missing anything like the Ivan Tony thing last week. I don't think so. I, I think I we. Think so. I think we covered pretty much everything this week. Um, don't hit your cat like Kurt Zuma. <laughs> that shit. Fuck fun. Kurt Zuma, man, and. Fuck David Moyes for starting him. Honestly, and that's like unfiltered words, and I apologize for all the swearing, but that's just like despicable behavior, and especially to start him. And then you have brands come out the next day, I believe Adidas, and he actually had, he was like a sponsor for like a pet, uh, I don't know how to like word it, not like PETA, but something similar. Like, yeah. And they what removed, the they both removed him as sponsors, uh, but David Moyes thinks it's good enough to start him. So what are you going to do with the, these footballers, man? In the words of our friend Lucas, David Moyes was just making sure Zuma was far enough away so the cat was safe. <laughs> shout out, Lucas. That was a great fucking Yeah, shout guy. out, Lucas. Great, great mini-sode guest. Great West Ham <laughs> fan from the Netherlands. Great, great guy. Good Twitter good Twitter person. Yes, sir. Um, I think that about wraps up episode 26. Um lastly we just have an apb uh for guests if you want to be on the show hit us up uh we're gonna be without mitchell next week too so we would love to have a third voice on the pod uh just you know mitch had his wisdom teeth out like we mentioned so we're gonna be you know down a man so to speak uh for for next week's episode so if you want to come on the pod um shoot us a dm get a hold of one of us um fuck we might harass you and ask you to be on the episode even if you don't want to be yeah get, uh, get somebody like uh if you cover anything aside from the premier league where we have champions league coming up if you cover any of those other leagues that you can give a preview on for another team that would be perfect yeah absolutely or if you just like want to come on and and talk about the games um hit one of us up another big champions league week next week um yeah just uh just get at us hit us up in the dms and uh, that that's about it. Thanks for getting this far in the episode. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, ding the notification bell so you know every time we post a video. And then if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your fucking podcasts, uh, download the episode, save it, send it to a friend, post it on your Instagram story, and break into a bank and steal their aux cord and plug your phone in and it'll make all the people behind the counter listen to our podcast <laughs> Peace. you can't be held liable for that deuces it's, not, it's a recommendation